Good morning on this Wednesday morning, and welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We'd like to continue on our thought of the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, uh, just as we had the comparisons uh, that we did with the giving of the law on the Feast of Weeks. We have been using for our study from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2, and uh, the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 14. We're going to be adding to that uh, chapter 12 and chapter 3 of uh, 1 Corinthians. And we'll also include in there a little bit on the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. So, let's just dive right into the message, and let's go through these scriptures. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is Peter preaching, his very first message. And as we had mentioned yesterday, just like the book of Genesis is the book of beginnings where you're introduced to a lot of the concepts that are going to be in the Bible or in the scripture, in the book of Genesis, you find this first brought to light. We had mentioned the book of Romans chapter 5 by one man. Uh, entered uh, sin and death into the world and uh, by one man entered righteousness and uh, many were uh, basically brought to death because of sin and many are brought to righteousness because. So you have the principle of the law of one and many there just as as, as an idea. Well, in the book of Acts, I see a lot of the introductions of what the church of Jesus Christ was going to be like, not only at that time, but later in the future, as these concepts are almost solidified in concrete to give us an understanding of what the beginning of the church was and how it would continue throughout the the entire period of what's called the, the time of the Gentiles or the church age or the age of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as uh, we've learned before in the past, all the different titles that are given. But here he preaches his most important message, being the very, very first one, under the influence and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes people can identify or call uh, prophecy preaching. But technically, it is not preaching, but it is an inspiration that is divinely given by God. You've not learned it in a book. You've not studied in a in a school or university or in a seminary or something. But it comes by the Word of God inspired to you so that the mind is enlightened and one speaks forth these things. Now, in the Old Testament, the prophet did the exact same thing, but most, if not all, of his speaking forth, was concerning the future, predicting the future, declaring events about nations and people and even cities concerning the future. But in the New Testament, we find that prophecy is given uh, specifically for exhortation, is given for comfort, uh, it's given for edification. So there is a shift there. And when the Apostle Peter 
begins to speak, he starts off with his message saying, Look, you see and hear these people glorifying God, magnifying God, speaking in a language that they can understand from a different country, even though they've never studied it. All of this that you are seeing is what Joel the prophet had prophesied. This was a prediction. This was a prophecy of a prophet in the Old Testament. So let's not confuse that with prophecy per se as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. And let's also not confuse the prophet of the Old Testament with the prophet of the New Testament, because the scripture also says that these men, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist, they're all giving for the preparation of the body of Christ, the church, and also for the edifying of the body, the preparation for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of it, the building of it up. So let's take that into consideration. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And the scripture continues and it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And this began, this began on the day of Pentecost. It has continued and will continue until Jesus Christ comes back and takes his church from this earth. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Emphasis is on prophecy. They shall prophesy. They shall see visions. They shall have dreams. In other words, God speaking, showing, teaching them. But it's interesting that we don't have here uh, where Peter says, In in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my, my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will be in the ministry of healing, and your sons and daughters will be doing this and doing that. But it says prophesy. So the emphasis is, why is it so important? And we have to answer that question because of what it does to the body of Christ and what it also does and how it affects the life of the unbeliever. It has a dual impact, which Paul explains in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But we also have to understand that a vessel that is used does not necessarily mean that they are perfect. A person can be prophesying, be used in prophecy, in the sense that we're talking, not foretelling of the future, but in divinely being inspired to speak the will and the words of God through them unto a vessel. But an individual does not necessarily have to be holy 
or pure. In other words, what I'm saying is someone can out of their own mind, out of their own head, prophesy or say they're prophesying and it not necessarily be of God himself. So we have to take into account then that an individual that is under the divine influence of the Spirit of God, the words may be pure, even though the vessel is not. That does not make it right. Now, this emphasis comes from the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, where it says that Paul says, Hey, I wanted to talk to you as spiritual individuals. Individuals that have a walk with God and the walk and the talk are equally the same. And you've grown, you've been edified, you've been comforted, you've been encouraged, you've been exhorted. And you've grown and you are spiritual. But instead he says, no, you're carnal. You're walking according to your your soulish senses. Uh, uh, Some of you are still even babes. Meaning that the church of Corinthians had individuals in it that were still at the level of being just a babe in Christ. That, that does not mean that they were just born again, but they could have been there for 20 years and still not grown. And then you had others that were carnal. In other words, they may have been saved for a while and they have continued, but then they got off into the flesh. They got off into the area of the soul. But then you had those that were actually spiritual. So this is brought into light and this is mentioned for the simple fact that the individual that is used of God is not a perfect vessel. But that does not mean that the message was a good message or vice versa. You can have an imperfect vessel with a with a an imperfect message or you can have a perfect vessel with a perfect message or an imperfect vessel that may give a message that is perfect but because one must consider the fruit one must consider the lifestyle one must consider the character of the individual that is being used to qualify and say, okay, the word sounds like the word of God, but the individual that's bringing it forth, okay, there is a, there is a hesitant, hesitant, there, one hesitates to validate it because, wait a minute, the vessel is not perfect. Well, let me put it to you this way. If God was able to use a donkey, he was able to use this animal to speak to the individual Balaam, the seer, to get across his message. God can use an imperfect vessel, but that does not mean that we should just automatically say, okay, this is God and accept it as a fact. No. We must disqualify sometimes because of the vessel that is being used. It in itself can be contaminated. Therefore, it can also contaminate the message. What do I mean by this? I mean by this, you can begin to say something 
in the church, and I'm talking in the church, not individually to an individual, but I'm talking to the church, and then get off into the flesh or into the soul, and the message we may have started off perfect, then winds up being one that is either soulish or one that is in the flesh. And you can see how God would constantly correct the Old Testament uh, uh, individuals and the nations, uh, especially Israel, because of the prophets that would prophesy out of not only their own spirit, but out of their own selves. And, and, and this is a little hard to comprehend sometimes because we think, well, we're in a church setting. How can one be possibly be deceived? It is easy to be deceived because for one minute, the Apostle Peter, the same one that is speaking right now in the book of Acts, he answered the question and he said, Who art thou? When Jesus asked, Who art thou? Who, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He spoke out of full inspiration. Jesus said, This has not been revealed to you. You did not learn this out of a book or in a school, but this has been revealed to you by my Father. And he was correct in exactly what he said. But just a minute or two later, when Jesus tells him all that he has to go through and how he has to suffer, Peter grabs Jesus and says, No, Lord, this cannot be so. And Jesus looks at Peter and rebukes Satan at that very moment. And he tells him, Behind me, Satan, because you don't desire the things of God, you desire the things of man. In other words, in one moment, he was under the inspiration of the Spirit of God and was able to have the revelation of who Jesus was. And then a, just a, not even a few minutes later, he was under the influence of Satan and was saying and declaring that which was incorrect. So here is an example of an individual that went from one level to another level just like that. But let's continue reading. It says in Acts 2.17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Once again, emphasis, they shall prophesy. Join us again tomorrow on Thursday when we'll continue this study and expand and expound more of it. Until then, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance. And may he give you shalom, the true peace of God, in Jesus' name. Amen.